Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I am glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. A few things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and also make sure that you're sharing the show with a few friends. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And lastly, you all know that we recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store. It's out there. There is a link in the show notes, so be sure to go check all of that out, get yourself some swag, and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. All right. For today's episode, I've got a great guest with us inside the huddle with us today and ready to talk about his experience, his journey, and what he does to move the ball is Jamarcus Bradley. Jamarcus, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. We've been talking for a little while about having you on the show, so I'm glad that we are talking today right before you're about to be super locked in with training camp. Let me just share a little bit about your bio. For our listeners, Jamarcus is an NFL wide receiver who currently plays for the Cleveland Browns. He played college football at Louisiana for the Ragin' Cajuns, and he signed with the Browns as an undrafted free agent in 2020. Again, we're going to talk about his football journey, some of the things he's doing beyond the game, and more on today's episode. All right. Are you ready to move the ball, Jamarcus? I am. Okay, so let's run things way back. You're from Mississippi. You actually played quarterback in high school, by the way, for those that don't know that about you. How did you get into football, and what about the game made you fall in love with it? I don't know exactly how I got into football. I just know I've been doing it for a long time, since I was a little kid. What made me fall in love with it was, I don't know, I just like the brotherhood, being a part of a team, and... It was an escape for me early in my childhood. It was a place for me to let everything go and just have fun. And something that you and I have talked about before is that when you were a child, you actually lost your mom. I've lost my dad about five years ago, as my listeners know, and that really changes your perspectives on life. So can you share with us how losing your mom kind of shaped who you are today and has molded you into the young man that you are? Losing my mom had a big impact on my life. Uh, honestly, I can't remember a lot of things from my childhood because I kind of tried to suppress everything because everything was so hard. I just remember falling back on football when everything happened. Like my coach didn't even want me to go to practice. I'm like, if you take this away from me, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just went to practice like a couple nights after my mom had passed away. And the embrace I got from my teammates, it was just like, I knew everything was going to be okay. And I had to be strong for my sisters. I have two sisters and one little brother. She passed away having my baby brother. His name is uh, Cody. Uh, yeah. Um, we still have my grandma. We I was raised by my grandma and my mom. We stayed, we all lived together. So when my mom passed away, I looked to my grandma for guidance and she showed me the best way she could. 
And when you look at your time as a kid playing football, I mean, you talked about how it was an escape for you. You know, football teaches us so many lessons that we can take away from the game to be successful in whatever it is we do on the field or off. What are some of the lessons that football taught you to kind of help prepare you to be successful in life? Control what you can control. Mm -hmm. Don't be too high or too low. You got to stay in the middle. Time management is important. Me on time, just teamwork. And I mentioned that you were down in Florida. You're training right now, getting ready to head back to camp. One of the things that my Move the Ball listeners know this movement started because I wrote a book on football and it was all about how you take football lessons and apply it to be successful. One of the things I talk about in that book is the importance of always looking at how you can improve and having that improvement focus mentality. What are some of the things that you're really focused on working on while you've been training down in Florida? My Game at the line of scrimmage. I needed to improve my releases and build my lower half of my body to build that up because I've been having problems recently with hamstrings. So I needed to focus on my hammies and single leg work. So we've been attacking that very hard and I feel ready to go. And what excites you about this upcoming season? On paper, we dangerous. I'm just, I'm just ready to go. <laughs> I am ready to go. Just looking around the locker room, seeing all the guys. It's, I feel like it's about to be an amazing season. Yeah, definitely got some great talent on the team. Picked up some new talent in the draft. So really looking forward to seeing you all show out this season. Jerome Ford, who's a running back with the Browns, was on the show during the Pats of the Draft series. So especially looking forward to seeing him out there uh, here next month. So... Let's talk about your journey from high school football to college. You chose to go to Louisiana, like I mentioned. Why did you want to be a Raging Cajun? Because it was close to home, and I wanted to stay near my family so they can come watch me play. It was either that or go to California. And I was not about to go to <laughs> California. You know, it's lovely out there. I chose to go to Louisiana. And so walk us through, like you joined the team in 2016, you redshirted that year. What was it like kind of joining the team and your experience is kind of transitioning from high school to college ball? It was tough, to be honest. I had to talk to my brother a lot because I going from being a star player to not playing at all, it was a little bit hard. And I honestly thought about transferring, like, I don't want to do this, I want to play. And he told me to stick it out. So I stuck it out and just put my head down and worked. And after my redshirt years, Everything went up from there. And I misspoke. So you actually registered 2015, not 2016. The years just kind of blur together as we go on. So your first season where you were playing quite extensively, what was that journey like for you? What were you doing to really ensure that you would perform during the season? Anything and everything I could. When everybody was going out to party and have fun, I would go to the facility with my girlfriend at the time. We was just staying there until I got tired. So... Anything I felt like I was weak at, I was just working on it day in and day out because I wanted to get where I am now. And was there any shocking lessons or things that you've learned transitioning from high school to college? I mean, you mentioned earlier time management is an important piece. When you go to college, it's even more critical because you're trying to balance a more demanding schedule. You've got you know classes, you've got all kinds of team activities. Was there anything that was a surprise to you playing college football? Uh, no, ma'am. When you attack every day like the right way, and do what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do it. It's all easy. Just be where you're supposed to be when you need to be there and stay out of trouble and do what you need to do. And everything is easy from that. 
There you go. So in 2017, you ended up starting all 12 games, finished second on the team in receptions, third on the team in receiving yards, tied for second in touchdown receptions. When you look at like that season, what were you doing? I mean, every year, like we talked about, you want to be getting better, right? And improving your game and being a student of the game. Like what were you doing early in your college career to continue to make sure that you were progressing, evolving and improving? Part of my progress is due to the new coaches that came in, Coach Tiger and Coach Napier. When they came in, it's just like they had a whole plan and I fell in love with their plan and they elevated my game. So just doing what they told me to do. And Coach Tiger was a big part of that. We would work on the weekends and anytime I needed to work, he would get me right. And during the offseason, when everybody go home, I would stay back and work with him. So a big reason that I improved so much is him. I think great coaches really help you to be better versions of yourself. And so it's great to have such people in your corner that really help to kind of take your game to the next level as well. So let's fast forward to the 2019 season. You were Louisiana's top receiving target that year. You finished the year with 906 receiving yards, 60 receptions, 10 touchdowns. What was your favorite part of that season or your most memorable game? The ball game. This is our first bowl win. Went out there, had fun. The week of practice was relaxed. Everybody was just making memories. And the game was just a lot of fun. And then the ending, after getting the trophies in, it was just amazing. That feeling of finally getting over that hump and getting a ring. For sure. And we all know that the habits that we put in place really help to determine the outcomes that we see in life. And so when you look at the habits that you think have helped you to be successful, what are some of those things? Just working hard and staying prayed up, keeping my head to the sky and just giving it all to God and controlling what I can control. Well, I think those are great because what that really ties to is your mindset. And when you have that positive mindset, when you have faith and you trust that process, you know that things are going to work out and it makes going through the day to day a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of Guys that were on the show earlier in the season as part of my path to the draft series, like I mentioned, they have begun the process of transitioning into the league. You have been on a similar journey, signing with the Browns just a couple of years ago. So walk us through your journey. So you hang up your cleats in college and then it's time to get ready for pro day. You came out after the 2019 season. And so we had this unprecedented thing happen that spring, which was the COVID pandemic. So it was very different than any other year before. What was that like for you kind of doing your pre-draft training and then just going through this whole unknown circumstance? It was very difficult because at the end, I didn't get an official pro day. Right. I didn't go to the combine. So I was a little bit worried, like, I don't know what's about to happen. Everybody else got a chance to show off their skills. But I was like, I did all that I could do. So I was good with it. So whatever happens, happens. And what were you doing before the draft to really just ensure that you would be ready to perform once you got picked up by a team? I came down to Florida and I was training at XPE. And then once it was time to come back for pro day, I got back with Coach Tiger. I started training with him. We would go to any park that we can find open because everything was closed. And uh, me and a couple of other guys would just work with him. So normally during the draft period or right afterwards, guys that get on a plane, they're off to a team right away. In the COVID year, that didn't happen, right? So guys didn't immediately pick up and go to a team. Like, what did you do after you signed with the Browns? How long was it before you actually made it to the Browns facility? July, I think. So 
everybody just had to work from home. So I just stayed working with Coach Tiger. We had virtual meetings. So in the morning, we would do meetings. And then in the afternoon, I would go work out with Coach Tiger. And it just became a routine. And what was it like when you finally got to the facility? I mean, there were still just a lot of Zoom calls. There weren't, wasn't as much in-person things. Walk us through kind of what that experience was like. Because, again, it was very different than any other period before or after it. It was a very weird feeling because you really couldn't get to know your teammates or grow relationships. It's just like you was in to practice and then he was out for virtual meetings, like no chemistry, none of that. So it was very weird. And when it came to be season time, I mean, first, the, we didn't know if there was going to be a season, you know, and then it was no fans in the stands. And so going through a season without having that energy of the crowd, what was that like? Like practice. You had to bring your own energy. You had to bring your own energy. So it was tough, but it wasn't that tough because we do it every day at practice. There's no fans in the stands at practice. So it's just like practice. It's tough being a professional athlete in a normal time. Going through COVID and all the COVID protocols and everything else that's going on, it makes it even more emotionally taxing and, and just there's a lot more to deal with. Like, how was your mental state and your teammates during this time? Within myself, it was up and down. It was just a tough year of not playing and COVID and it was just a lot of things. So mental health is very important. And if you're struggling with that, you should get help. And I decided to get help. I go to therapy, and it's very helpful. At first, I was very, very against because I'm like, how's it going to help me until I actually did it? And it does help. So if you do struggle with mental health, I feel like you should go talk to somebody because it's very helpful. Like My mental state with my teammates, is, it was cool because the guys that I was hanging out with, we was having fun, so everything was good. Well, I like that you talk about how you – when to talk to somebody because you were finding yourself struggling with mental health. Cause I think it's so important, especially in today's day, there's a lot going on in the world, things that we haven't seen before. I think culturally also it's more accepted for people to, it's okay not to be okay. Right. And to say, Hey, mm-hmm. I need some help and I, I want to go talk to somebody. And so to your point, I mean, certainly would encourage anyone that may be feeling like they're not 100% and that they're struggling a little bit to absolutely seek those resources because it is very, I've been someone who's been, around mental health. I'm not a mental health expert by any means, but I've definitely been around it and know a lot about it. And it's very important for people to take advantage of those resources to help them to cope with whatever it is that they're struggling with. Yes. So you've played on the active roster. You've played on P-Squad. I don't think a lot of people really know how much work goes into being on P-Squad. Talk to us about just the demands of being a P-Squad player and just kind of some of the things that you go through. The P-Squad demands is just like you're on the team, but when the game comes, you're in the fans' cheering. So you go through all the work, and then when it's time to play, you don't get to play, and they can they can take a toll because you're like, I'm doing all of these things, and when the game they get here, I, I can't suit up with the rest of my guys, and it, that doesn't feel good. But P-Squad is a bit fun. You can just go out there and do whatever you want, work on your craft, do things to see if it works, do things. And if it doesn't work, you throw it away. So it's just a spot to improve your game, get better. And you talk about, you know, how you're on the team, you know, during practices, but then you're a fan come game day. I mean, I think the reason why I wanted to highlight practice squad too is, I mean, you put in just as much work 
when you're on P-Squad, the guys don't get the glory, so to speak. And then also from we talk about business on the show, you can be on P-Squad today and then the team can let you go because they need to make room for somebody else, another. So it, it's very, it can be very stressful as well. And I think the other thing is, you know, you're not necessarily locked into a long-term contract. So from a living standpoint, you know, you, you've got your apartment or wherever it is you're staying and you may be in a lease that now you either have to break or maybe they'll let you out of it because that apartment complex is used to work with the team, but that's not always the case. So those things can be stressful for guys I know as well, too. Yes, very stressful. You played multiple positions in high school. How do you think playing multiple positions has helped you to be a wide receiver and be at this level playing in the National Football League? It helped me a lot. Being able to switch positions is going to get you on the field. So if they can take you from one spot, push you at another, it just increases your value. So it helped me a lot. And I like that you bring that up, that it increases your value, because whether you're a professional athlete or you're someone that's in the corporate world, being able to be versatile and have other skill sets and being able to bring value to the team in different ways is something that's going to definitely help you with whatever your career choice is, because people will see you as a more valuable asset. Yes, exactly. So one of the things that since we do talk about business and branding is you are a TikToker as well. And so you'll post your videos, dancing and uh, having fun. Like a lot of people are on TikTok. People are creating content and doing fun things, using it for educational resources. And it's a great platform. It's definitely one that is trending upward. And so why did you decide to get on TikTok and tell us about the things that you post? I like to make people laugh or just smile. So I, and I love dancing and when I dance, People seem to love it. So I just post myself dancing or doing acting videos because I feel like I could be an actor if I wanted to. Okay. <laughs> or, or a dancer. So I just do TikTok to put that out there. Well, I think it's a great platform for people to kind of showcase other sides of themselves. Mm. And I just started TikToking. I'm not dancing, but I have started to leverage that platform as well because everybody or a lot of people are on it's just another great way to get your brand out there let people see who you are and what you're about now some may be wondering what kind of stuff i'm putting out there i am very new to the platform and i've been traveling quite a bit the last few months being on the field with guys during their workouts and i've been capturing some film from those workouts so i figured you know what why not make some clips post them on TikTok and see how that might help me to move the ball with this brand. And just as an example, a few days ago, I was on the field with Cheetah and Destroying. And so I've uploaded some clips of them on my TikTok. And yeah, just really curious to see kind of where the platform takes me and the movement. What is your TikTok account so people can follow you? That's Marcus Bradley. Perfect. And we will have your TikTok account as well as mine. Mine is at Move the Ball Podcast. Shocker. We will have both of those in the show notes so people can go follow us on TikTok and see all the great content that we put out. So at some point, football will come to an end. Yeah. What do you think it is that you want to do beyond football? I've thought about coaching. I thought about getting into fashion. I haven't made my mind up yet. It's just a lot of things that I would like to get into. Mm-hmm. So it's still an open book. Gotcha. So what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? An NFL player. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Hardworking, humble, and fun, I guess. Okay. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I like to skate. 
Roller skate? Roller skate. I cannot ice skate. I tried it. It was, did not go well. You like to roller skate, like old school roller skate or roller blade? Old school roller skate. Oh, that's awesome. I think roller skate is coming back too. It kind of went away for yeah, a while. It's neat it to is. see it coming back. It's, it's a vibe. Very cool. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would it be? I had to go to my favorite song right now. And it would be, I think, by Tyler the Creator. Okay. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? The book I'm currently reading is College What We Carry. It's a poetry book. Oh, very nice. Is poetry your thing? It's not what I really like in the book. You're diversifying yourself. I gotcha. Next question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Kevin Hart, because he's funny. Snoop Dogg, because he's just an OG. Beyonce. I like Beyonce. Let's go with Beyonce. Okay. Three great choices. So my next question is, do you sing in the shower? I do. I have to put my playlist together before I get in there. And would people say that you sing well? Uh, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> All right. Are you going to be on TikTok singing too? No. <laughs> no. no? Okay. No, we, we're not there yet. We're not there. Not yet. Maybe one day. A couple singing classes. Then we can do that. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's important to pass on to people things that we've learned in life from people, like good pieces of advice. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach or a mentor? The best piece of advice that stuck with me was in high school was uh, a guy named Dakota. He was the quarterback ahead of me. And they put me in one game and he just grabbed me. He was like, hey, man, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Just stay in the middle. Like, everything's going to be okay. And when he said that, it just stuck with me. And I've been saying that since that day. Oh, I love that. And you mentioned that earlier on the show as you're talking about what football has taught you. And something that I recently posted just yesterday, I posted, I have these bracelets. They're called loci bracelets. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but basically in two of the beads, they have a white bead and a black bead. In the white bead, they have water from Mount Everest. They have in the black bead mud from the Dead Sea, which are the highest and lowest points on earth. And in there, mantra or what they stand for as a brand is it ties to what you just said. It's really about, you know, stay humble when you're on top, stay hopeful when you hit a low. And so it's really about, you know, just don't get too high, don't get too low, right? And just keep going no matter what it is that you're going through. Just remember to stay humble and and stay hopeful. And so I posted about that yesterday because those bracelets for me have really resonated with this move the ball movement. And, you know, we're all going to go through things in life, highs, lows, and you just got to keep your perspective on straight and keep moving forward. So as we look to close our show, let people know where are you at? So we talked about your TikTok. Where else are you at on social media? On Instagram at J underscore Bradley2 and Twitter at J underscore 2 Bradley. Perfect. So we will have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Well, Jamarcus, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button and then also share the show with a friend or two or three. Again, it's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.